1995, I, no, in 1994, I actually went to America for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it was so crazy because I was in the middle of having literally a nervous breakdown. Yes. I was mad. And I, it was an incredible sort of like, you know, you take someone out of a terrible situation, you mm-hmm. fly them across. And on the way to, to, to get the first time I'd ever been on a, a, a transatlantic flight, First time I'd ever been in first class. I was, I was. What, what end you were coming for? I was coming to do. I, I'd, I'd voiced the horse in Black Beauty. Black mm-hmm. Beauty. I, I was Beauty, and I, I'd done it in London, and then it was coming out. And I, nowadays, you know, it's about to, they're about to lock the picture, and they, there were some rewrites. Nowadays, you'd go into a studio in London, or you could even probably do it on your phone, yeah, and put it down the line, HDM, no, whatever, HD, whatever, something like that. And in those days, he had to like fly you to yes. Hollywood and do it in the studio with yeah. them. So I did that, and I and I I got on the plane. And do you know who Ruby Wax is? Yeah, she's that. She's an. Do you, Wait, hold on. She's she's Jewish. I know. That's what I'm trying to get. To. Okay, sorry. So she's this American um, comedian and uh, writer, but she's really famous in Britain, and she, had, she used to have her own talk show and everything like that. So, so I, I got on the plane and there she, she was going on the same flight to LA, but she was, because she was doing a show for the BBC, she was up the back in coach. Oh, and she, and she was, was like, coach. she was, Why are you, where, where are you going? What's going on? And I said, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm the voice of this horse. And so I'm getting into going <laughs> in, in, um, in first class. And, uh, and she was going to do an interview with um, Tammy Faye Baker. Oh my God! For her, um, for her, uh, uh, talk her show talk thing. show, yeah. And I remember when I saw the actual show that she did. Um, that she got um, Tammy. It was, uh, she and Tammy Faye were standing in her bath, singing, "If God makes you, uh, God gives you a lemon, make some lemonade." She no actually, way, yeah, way. She got her to do that. So anyway, I no I wonder she up, was sitting in coach. I know, right? Oh. No, because it's the BBC. They were, They don't let you go first yeah. class. Fair enough. But um, anyway, so I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the first class, oh, eating away, drinking, oh, delicious. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, oh, the ice flows. Oh, we're flying very low. I didn't know they did that. And then we get an announcement saying there's been someone uh, on the plane who has taken ill and we're making, doing an emergency landing in Reykjavik in Iceland. Oh, wow. Like, Holy shit. And so we get, we get off the plane and there's this man, a gurney comes on, and this man is strapped to a gurney, gets taken off the, the plane. Was he Jewish? Yes. Okay. Oh, you do it. You can do it. <laughs> yes, he was. He was? Yes, I think he was. Because yes, uh, only Jews get, like, sick on planes and then oh. have to fucking, you know, you stop so, and ruin so everyone's they, day. So they, yeah. And, and Ruby, Ruby was like, I said, what happened? He goes, well, you may be in first class, but I got the Polaroids of the stiff. And she took Polaroids oh. of the man being taken off. And she he also was dead? Did, Wait, okay, don't sorry. Up the story. No, but it's fine. But okay. And then she took polaroids of people sleeping and everything like this and everything. Yeah. So we, then we're in Reykjavik Airport, just mucking about. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, she and our film crew started filming us, and there was a thing. It was a plinth that had fossilized seagull poop on it as a, as a souvenir of Reykjavik. <laughs> <laughs> seagull shit. Yes. Yeah. So then we got. Then we. Is that we, like a. I don't know. You're it's supposed nice to eat it? What are you no, supposed to do with it? It's an ornament, you know, it's like oh, a nice. fossil. And yeah. then we got on the plane and we went to Maine, Portland, Maine, 
And then, because then we're going to, you know, and then they said, but the, the, the pilots and everything have gone too long. We can't fly to LA now because they took the, the, the man off mm-hmm. we thought was dead. Yeah. And then they said, so we've got to stay the night in May. And I was like, oh my God, I've got to be in the studio in Hollywood tomorrow. And the, right. the, the picture locks on Friday. And what am I going to do? It's before cell phones and everything. Mm-hmm. And, and then because of, I was so all worried, I got on the wrong bus that took you to the hotel. And I went to the, I was with Ruby's crew. So I went to like the economy class mm-hmm. uh, uh, hotel. And Ruby miraculously got on my bus mm-hmm. and went to my swanky hotel. No way. Way. Fuck you, Ruby. And yeah. then, so then I went out with the crew and I came back and I was like, went to, we were in this skanky little hotel. I went, are there any messages for me? And they were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought, what am I going to do? I thought, well, you know, I'll just have to wait here and go on the plane tomorrow and blah, blah. Then all of a sudden, the phone rang in my room and they went, Alan, hi, it's blah, blah from, uh, you know, Warner Brothers. I hear you've had a little bit of trouble. I was like, yes, yes, the plane yeah. crashed, you know, not crashed landed, but emergency yeah. landed in yeah. Reykjavik and a man had to get off and he wasn't there. I said, I'm getting on a plane tomorrow. I'm coming tomorrow. They're going to put you on some plane. He went, do not get on that plane. Look out of your window. There's a car waiting outside. There no way. Outside. Like, like a spy film. So I got on this pl- uh, the car, got on the plane and got, went to LA that night and then the next day. From then, Maine? From Maine. Hollywood. Wait. And then... You got in a car? No, to a car. I got in a car to the airport. But the and ca- you went on another flight. Were you on first? Of course. And then... And, but it was... It, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot so of Jews crazy. in first class, yeah. And then what happened was... So l- long time later, I'm on Ruby's show... Yeah. ...with Martin Sherman, the uh, writer who wrote Bent, about Jewish people in the concentration camp. I mean, gay, gay people. That never happened. Gay people yeah. in the concentration yeah. camp. Um, and um, Olympia Dukakis. Is she now Jewish? she's Greek. Oh. But she um, plays a Jew a yeah, lot. Yeah, okay, yeah. so let's do that. Okay. <laughs> and, and I hadn't seen Ruby all the, for, for, for all this time. And she told me that when she went home after interviewing Tammy Faye Baker, she, she was having uh, dinner with her husband and his father. Is he Jewish? Yes. And the father? And, yes. Okay. And, and uh, I said, oh, what are you doing catching up? And he said, oh, you know, terrible. My friend, uh, Johnny, it was, uh, it was some terrible time recently. And she goes, oh, what happened? She goes, well, you know, he was on, a, on a, some new pills from the doctor uh, for his uh, heart. No. No, he was on no, a plane no. going no, to no, America, no, no. had a glass of wine. The next thing you know, he wakes up in a hospital in Reykjavik. And it was oh, his, my her God. father-in-law's that is unbelievable! Isn't it crazy? Wow. Showbiz. That's how you knew he was a Jew. Okay. That's amazing. So, that so was my you, first time of coming to America. It was so filled come, with torpor. Right. You get to Hollywood. Are you like gogsmacked? Like, what do you, you know, because you I, go to LA or Hollywood for the first time, you see the sign, you see, you know, what, yeah, what was. Uh, well, that time I wasn't really. I mean, the next time I went, I was right. like that because I was going with a film that was, uh, you know, I was there to do press for a film. But when I went to do the thing for Black Beauty, I was just in such a state. And I. I, and my friend Caroline, who wrote that, um, who directed the film, she had a little party for me because Eleanor Braun, who's this amazing English ing- Jewish actress, um, was there doing another film, and she played my mum when I did Hamlet. Mm-hmm. And so we had this little dinner, and that was really lovely. But I couldn't. I was in such a you know, state of nervous breakdown mm-hmm. that it was actually a really good thing for me to be removed from my life right. for like three or four days. 
But at the time, I, was just, I sat in my hotel room and just tried to keep it together. Yeah. But then like a year later, I went, I did this movie called Circle of Friends, an Irish film, and it was, it, when, it got, when it opened in America, I came to do the press junket and, and the premiere. And that was like, you know, I was my first time, my first, you know, in entree to Hollywood yeah. for real was like coming to promote a movie that I was in. And I remember on the red carpet at the premiere, I didn't know anything about all the different channels. And, and um, this lady said, uh, did the interview, and she went, now, Alan, could you look down the lens and say, I'm Alan Cumming and I'm on E. And for oh, me, God. that meant I was on ecstasy. Oh, God. <laughs> and I remember thinking, I can't say that. Why would I say that? <laughs> and I remember I said to her, I said, my mum might see this. Because <laughs> like, I didn't even know that E was a channel. When you, when you got, like, all these agents and Hollywood people representing you, did you trust that? Like, were, I mean, you seem so not naive and yet so... You know, so innocent. You like you you give off this innocence, and yet you're you're so fucking smart. Well, I'm you know, sexy, but I mean, I think yes, I, that is true. I think I what I did was like like the first agent I got was recommended to me by my London agent. Okay, and it's this woman called Tracy Brennan, and she's been my agent ever since. So she's my main agent at CAA, and I've and that's I, amazing. I have millions of other ones now, yeah. of course, but she's my main agent, and she's I. So I really, you know felt like when you meet a good person mm-hmm. and then you know you, you've always got them to sort of right. like, with, like my brother or something you know you or my mom like you've yeah. got people in your life that you just know are good right and then you know and I've had some tossers over the right. years obviously but I, and I think that's the thing that you that you if you have if, if you feel someone's got your back then you can be a little sort of floaty right sort of and you feel safe, you know. And you feel safe, and yeah. I do, and I still do. Like I, and also now I'm older and more like you know, I guess more powerful in that way. Mm-hmm. I just don't. If there's assholes on my, I get rid of them. Right. Just if there's people on my team, even like I actually fired. I've done this a couple of times. I'm, I'm with CAA. It's this big agency, and I sometimes thought I don't want that person on my team, so I fire them. But I still stay in the agency. How do you fire them? I say, um, I sort of talk to Tracy about it. And say that. Oh, I so you get her, you I go say, so I can't or work with this person. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or my, I have managers now too. So, but like I, there was someone I thought was an asshole and was just kind of, I'd done a, lost me a lot of money actually in this thing that was a misunderstanding. I just thought it was terrible the way he did. Right. And just been, and I fired him and I discovered he was the head of television at CIA. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, okay. thank you, I don't want you in my team. I just think I don't want bad energy around me in any way. Right. Even here at Club Coming, you know, I think it's like really important to me that everyone feels that there's kindness here and everyone... Oh my God, this goes, place is like, yeah. it's magic. I'm so, not kidding. So when, if there's either people, you know, people who are customers, if they're assholes, we ask them to leave. Yeah. Or if, if there's staff who are assholes, we ask them, we fire them. Right. I just think, you know, there's no need to... Positive, it. positive. Yeah, positive, positive and kindness. You um, were married... Uh, you, I mean, you're one of the only people I know who are who has been legally married to a woman and legally married to a man. Yes. Um, and I thought it was funny. I thought me and Cynthia Nixon were the same, but she wasn't oh. actually married to her. Oh, she wasn't. Children. And you know uh, what? My kids went to Hebrew school with her kids. Um, oh, right. Oh, shit, this fucking thing. I hate it. Go. <laughs> um, you know, you're... Bisexual, which yeah. and and you know, I just love. <laughs> what the, does I know. That mean? <laughs> what is that? 
You're bisexual and, and unabashedly bisexual. You're married to a woman. Were you satisfied in that relationship? Did you, I mean, it, what was it, eight years or uh, eight yeah, years? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. It was, was it a natural, you fell in love and the, 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 um, the relationship ran its course? Um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, a little more complicated than that. But, but uh, you know, I w- always thought I was bisexual. But like, mm-hmm. she knew that I was bisexual. And then um, I'd had a boyfriend sort of at, co- at college before that. And mm-hmm. then I fell in love with her and we got, we got married. And I generally thought that was... So gonna... at your wedding, were you like, oh, my God, I love her. This is the right thing to do? Yes. You are? Totally. I always ask my friends who were gay, who had been married, if they knew when they were walking down the aisle... And no, not at all. No, so you just yeah. Yeah, and then after you know, even after that, after that failed, um, I then had another relationship. I don't with the think woman. that that's a failure. Well, no, I don't either. Yeah, I mean, in a, but in a funny sort of way, you know, one of the bad things about seeing my you know parents' marriage, I really, 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 really wanted my marriage to succeed. Right. Just to prove that to that the it world could work. That it could be. And yeah. So I probably stuck at it longer than. Were uh, you? So in your late 20s, you had a nervous breakdown. Correct. Which was sort of this perfect storm culmination of like all the shit you had been through. Yeah. Um, just because coming I'd, to a head. I'd, I'd, um, I didn't, I had, like I said, I, had, I really hadn't remembered so much. Right. I put my glasses on now because. Oh, you look hot. <laughs> and s- fucking smart. Doesn't he so look dirty. smart? Yeah. They're so dirty. My, I hate dirty glasses. You're not supposed to do it on your shirt. You're not. No, you're supposed to use a little. I don't yeah. have my thing. Yeah, you're supposed to be in the in yeah. the on the face or in the case. On the face or in the case. That's, that's what my right. optician says. So you have this nervous breakdown, but it was sort of like, I guess, this part of your life that you had to go through to move forward. The nervous breakdown. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think it was actually. I mean, I sort of think about it, I, the way I describe it. It's like when you have. Um, it's like a box in your attic with all the things you put there where right. you don't really want or want to look at or want to deal with. And eventually you have to, otherwise the box explodes. Right. And you're, and you're, you know, and that's what happened to me. I'd, I, I guess I, so many things that happened to me when I was little, I couldn't, I couldn't, I did, couldn't deal with. I, it was too much for me to process and comprehend. So I just pretended they hadn't happened or ignored them. It's like a, it's a common thing. I think yeah. people who have trauma, you just, you just look away and you don't deal with it. And well, you have all these coping mechanisms and yes. then finally they don't work anymore. And finally, yeah. And then eventually, I think as an adult, you're starting to think, why am I feeling this way? Right. Why am I? Because your body's, your mind and your body is sort of saying, we need to deal with this. How did that change you, that, that nervous breakdown? <laughs> well, hugely. Mm-hmm. I mean, massively. I, uh, my entire life changed in a, in a very relatively short time my entire mm-hmm. life changed my my marriage broke up you know I, that was huge mm-hmm. and I also was kind of and right at that time other things happened in my career so I was now going to different countries I, I mean it's amazing you're having this like great career yeah and yet you're going crazy I'm sort going of totally yeah and you know what's funny on the day so one of the things that happened around that time was the mm-hmm. James I did this James Bond film mm-hmm. and uh, called Goldeneye and I and I on the day that I auditioned for, I remember like being just in a, such a state of right. emotional and mental, you know, meltdown. And my agent said, and they knew, and they, and they said, you've got this big audition. It's for this James Bond film. You've got to go here on this day. Are you going to be able to do it? I was like, yes. 
And so I went in, I was like, blah, 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 charming. Yeah. Boom, 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 fucking nailed it. Right. And, and ultimately got the job. And then I, I've lo- I lost five hours after that. Like I came out of it and I was so drained by having put on such a show of being right. normal or, you know, like, you know, I hadn't done many auditions for a while because I sort of took some time off to get well. And then I went and I, I was just so exhausted and I just was wandering around London. And, I, and, and literally five hours later, I got home and I don't remember where I went, what I did. Right. It's so fascinating to me that you just, your body can do those things. Just stop. But just, yeah. Like, you have to stop afterwards. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of stuff like that, you know. And, and then, like, a, a really great thing that one of the things I'm most proud of is a sitcom I wrote with my friend about flight attendants in a terrible Scottish airline yeah. called The High Life. And we'd written that beforehand. But we had to shoot, like, the first job I did when I went back to work after having a breakdown was this <laughs> sitcom about flight attendants. <laughs> and I had the best, it was one of the greatest things to, to how, go back and do. How long did it take you to feel normal, quote-unquote, again? I don't know if I've ever felt normal after that. You know, I think I've, 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 I've um, I think if you've had mental illness... Uh, that you <laughs> I, I, I have to no but I, I've had a nervous breakdown as well and, right. and it's like you live with the fear that it's going to happen totally. again and I feel like in a way I feel that's a gift that I feel like yeah. I could easily go do you know what I mean I feel like there's certain times when I get a little oh you better watch out you better yeah, 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 yeah. make some changes get rid of these people get, make, give yourself some space have a digital fast right you know I think it could easily happen uh, not easily, but it, but it's like a. I feel like life's like a, a kind of quivering, quivering uh, tightrope. Yeah. And uh, hopefully everyone just goes over to the other side. But yeah. you know, you could drop off at any minute. Yeah. We all could. We see it. You know, we see it with friends, and we see yeah. it. And I feel, and I can see, and now having gone through it myself and being older, I see signs of it in some of my friends at certain points, and uh, I. I've got, you know, the red flags go up for me, but also, luckily, red flags go up for myself. Yeah. And that's a good thing about it. Hey, everyone. You know, one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids, and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity. And eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality. And they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week, you have over 35 options to choose from. They have Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, Keto, I Just Did Chef's Choice, 60 or more add ons that you can stay fueled up. They have these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep, there's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so 
convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required, okay? And Factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me, I never lie, Factor is amazing. You're going to head to Factor Meals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S, dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero, okay? Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D five zero, Judy Gold 50, to get 50% off. That's code Judy Gold 50 at factormeals.com slash Judy Gold 50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. So your marriage breaks up, um, you have, but you have other relationships, you know, you have other successful relationships. Um, I actually had two times, I've had really two terrible relationships in my life, or two relationships that ended really badly, and luckily, immediately after both of them, I've had the most beautiful sort of, you know, relationships with two people who I just felt like was, I was reminded that there are good people, and that I'm okay and I'm lovable and life can be nice and so and both those people are very very um, close to me now in my life how did you meet Grant <laughs> um, I met him because I met him in New York in 2000 and I he's my husband and uh, but I didn't start going out with him until 2004 because oh, I met wow. him I met I him that. yeah I met him because I was shaggy because his best. penis was on the pictures of <laughs> now I'm kidding <laughs> No, I met him because I was shagging his best friend. Mm. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. And so I was shagging his best friend briefly. Right. Uh, on a sort of a, uh, what do you call it when you've just split up with someone and you have a... Oh, it's a rebound. Yeah. A rebound, yeah. And um, so I met him. I was sort of brought to the best friend's, who's also called Grant, actually, to the best friend's house. Really? To, yeah. Who has two friends named Grant that are Me. friends with each other? I do. And, and Grant, Grant and Grant? Other, Grant, other Grant. When Grant and I got married in New York, yeah. you know, the second time when you could get married in America, right. Grant, first Grant, married us. No way. Yes. What does Grant one do? Is, did he's, he just... he's an artist too and, oh, and okay. stuff. So you met Grant. So I met Grant and then like then first Grant and I were, you know, sort of, sort of didn't last very long. We are just sort of right. an affair and then we became friends and... So over over the year, over the next couple of years, I was with someone else. But I would see my Grant at parties when I'd invite first Grant, and and he says at one time we were at this party, and I flirted I flirted with him a couple of times. Grant and too, one, yeah. yeah. And one time someone I was chatting to him, my Grant, and um, I had a martini, and this and this is at this um, party at the the place where Martha Stewart's company is. That's what I always mm-hmm. remember. Martha was integral to our right. relationship. And I, and I and I had a martini and it and it kind of someone banged into me and it sort of slopped onto my arm and so I licked my arm, yeah, in a provocative manner. <laughs> and he's always said that he said he said you're he said in his head he didn't say it because you're flirting with me, Alan Cumming. Wow. And I was. And then, um, then this weird thing happened where I broke up with someone who was really uh, bad for me, really terrible. 
bad, another bad person. Right. And that night, uh, shortly after I broke up, I went out on the out to sort of drown my sorrows about breaking up with this bad person with my ex-girlfriend, the one who uh, was I went out with after my wife, who's right. now married to a woman. She's really? A, she's now a, a is that um, saffron. You were married to Hillary yeah. Saffron Burroughs. Yeah, she's an actress. Yeah, yeah. So I met Saffron was in town, so I went out with her to drown my sorrows. I ran into another person I'd had a relationship with called Raven. Mm-hmm. Who I used to have tattooed on my body. And no I, way. Yes. And right at that oh moment, God. right at that moment when I saw Raven, I said, Can I have an American spirit yellow? And I immediately started smoking again. Mm-hmm. And then later that night, I ran into Grant and I had a one night stand with him. Wow. Yeah. That's Grant too. My Grant now. Yeah. And then like we never talked about it for like a year and a half. We saw each other a few times, never talked about it. And then. We had this really amazing moment in a in a Barracuda. Have you ever been to Barracuda, the bar on Twenty Second Street? Ugh, I have no life. <laughs> I really, I go out and do stand up every fucking night, and I never go out. Yeah, so Bar, I've heard of Barracuda. Yeah. So it's a little gay bar in Chelsea. Yeah. such fun. And I, I was with my then boyfriend Rob, who's one of the nice ones. Like Saffron yeah. and Rob are the two people that kind of made me feel life was beautiful again. Mm-hmm. And I was with him and. I saw Grant and we both went, remember that night we had together? Yeah, I can't talk about it right now. I'm with my now boyfriend. Right. And then the following summer when I came back on, um, I had a... So Grant number one had a place upstate and I went there after 9-11 and that's why I have now my house in the Catskills because uh-huh. I went with them and I was some land. Wait, Catskills. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Fuck this fucking thing. I hate this. To- Oh my, I'm not entering passcode. Okay. Oh, Oh, fuck. Okay, Catskills, yeah. Maybe that's Fuck this piece of shit. Fuck! There you go. Okay, thank you. And and so I was having a housewarming for my uh, new place that I'd built, and Grant down the hill, uh, number one, was uh, having a a 4th of July thing, so a joint 4th of July Mm -hmm. housewarming party. And I said, Who are you bringing? Who have you invited? And he said, Grant, my Grant. Grant too. And I felt a, I felt a funny, ping, a funny feeling in my tummy. You felt a, yes, yes. And then so that's when we got together. Now, cabaret. Oh yeah. I don't know if you've heard of that show. <laughs> yeah. um, you've done it twice. Actually, I've done three it three times. I've actually. actually done it four times. Okay, you've done it four times. One, two, three, four. Because once I played uh, Cliff in Repertory in Scotland. Oh, okay. Nineteen twenty-two. Um, great, Judy. Uh, you've done it at two different, very different times of your life. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Well, so. Three, I did the MC three times. Yeah. Like, you're so fucking great at that. I mean, that character is so sexual and it's so, I guess, fluid, sexually fluid. Yes. Would you agree? Yes, I would. The first time you did it, you hadn't come out, correct? You uh, well, I was still married then. Yes, you were married to a woman, uh, and yet people questioned. And and uh, you know, I read that you actually came out so you could beat the British press, uh, and and also, y- y- you know, sort of protect Grant and his family and your family. No, it wasn't no. Grant's family. No, it was long before Grant's. Fuck yeah, you, yeah. Judy. Okay, yeah, no. Now, what, did, what happened was... Stupid. Okay. No, it's an interesting thing, though, about, you know, about 
the British press is is evil, correct? Awful. I mean, literally, if I people go through right. my trash, like, right. literally go through my trash, right? Go to my neighbors, go to my mum. This door, it's called door stopping. You know when they try to push the door open. To, no way. Like, wait, my ex-wife, my ex-girl. I mean, like, what is and, wrong and, with them? I don't know. Rupert Murdoch, I think, is probably He's the biggest thing. He's a fucking asshole. But, but, but um, you know, it's an interesting thing. Like, if you've been, if you're, if you've th- always thought of yourself as bisexual and you're la la la, and then you are, become famous and you're in a relationship with someone, and, and then all of a sudden, I mean, really for me, when I started to have a relationship with a man, was the time, and I realized what could, have, what could happen press wise. And the way that things were going and everyone's right. talking, I, that's when I thought, well, I don't, I want to take control of it and talk about it how I feel about right. it. Right, on your terms. On my terms and yeah. also not to make sure that he or his family didn't get affected mm-hmm. uh, and my family too, adversely. So that's, but it's an interesting thing like when you, you know, I sort of, you know, when I was, when I was sort of single and kind of, you know, mm-hmm. mingling around that time in my life, I sort of thought, well... Should I release a, do a press release? I right. you know, fucked a couple of boys this weekend. Yeah, yeah, what am yeah. I going to do? I know, and, that's, it's ridiculous. Yes, yes. But that was what people were asking, sort of asking of me. And I was like, well, I don't, I mean, uh, I'm not quite sure what you want me to say. Right. But it was, an, it was an interesting time as well because in America at that time, you know, it was just after um, the Clinton yeah. uh, scandal. Uh, and so everyone was, it was so prudent and everyone was like, obsessed with sex. Oh, beyond, you know, it's so interesting that 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 whole impeachment was about like Kenneth Starr obsessed with the sex, 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 sex. And this guy is a fucking criminal liar. And he's still there. And like, I would rather be talking about a blowjob between consenting adults than this what and all he's the doing. terrible things are happening. And all the and all the the hatred is what. Yeah. Because it's just like what I feel like. Hopefully, he's going to go soon. But actually, what his legacy will be there for generations. We're going to have to like t- try and educate people not to be hateful. Right. He's a disgusting. He's such he's a, a fucking yeah. pig. Yeah. Anyway, you endorsed. The, the, you're very political. Okay. Yes. Um. You've said something about marriage. You said. Marriage is a failed institution. It really, which it really is. It, I mean, over fifty percent of people get divorced, and yet gay people want to get married. Uh, but it doesn't have to be in that sort of old structure. Yes, that structure. So I, think, I think actually, what's really interesting about marriage now, I think, and, and what I think is a, a, a beautiful gift that gay people can maybe give to straight people is to show that you can have a marriage that is a true marriage of two people who want to commit to each other and love each other and um, make a life together. That is, and that all those things are not predestined and dependent on you not having sex with another person. Right. And that's why I think same-sex marriages have got it uh, way better. Be- well, I mean, look. Better. So, I mean, I just think there's many more... I've always thought... There's many more ways you can betray someone than having sex with someone else. Yeah. And I think that in same-sex coupling, it is much more prevalent for there to be uh, sexual relations outside of that couple. Right. And maybe perhaps with another... <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. She's out of her fucking mind, yeah. Um, and also, like, maybe within the coupling. Right. And I think that's something that is... If you... 
stop having sex, having sex as the deal breaker for a relationship, I think you have a much richer relationship. Yeah. You, um, so you did, you, you were the MC, and then you met Liza. <laughs> yes. Um, Actually, yes, I did. That's right. I met Liza when I was just had, it just opened on Broadway. And I met right, her. and she came to your room, your dressing yeah. room, yeah. Um, tiny dressing room. Yeah, and she, you, she was smelling your what? I, I, uh, yeah. in my towel. Yeah. No, what happened was. So she came in. She came in with Fred Ebb, you know. Now, and this is Ebb. the first time. Yeah, duh. I've never Wait. met her. Okay, hold oh, on. You... Fuck this phone. Okay, Fred Ebb, Candor and Ebb. Okay. So she came in with Fred, and um, so so Tash, so you know Natasha Richardson. I'd, you had to do this thing on Broadway, which I didn't understand. It. If a star comes that is connected with the show, you've got to invite them on the stage. Right. Oh, really? Like both. Um, Liza, I guess it's with Cabaret, I suppose right. it's more pertinent, but both Liza and when Joel Gray, Gray came, we had mm-hmm. to invite them on the stage. Right. And say, I had to say a thing about, you know, Joel Gray and everything. And she had to do a thing about Liza. And so Liza came on and um, and then she came to our dressing rooms afterwards and she came into. Were you freaking out? Freaking out. Can you imagine? Right. And also, I got so nervous all the night what, during the performance because Tasha Richardson would yeah. say, so Liza's going to come up on the stage. I'm like, what? I didn't uh-huh. know you did that. She goes, yes, you've got to invite her. It's what they do here. Right. And then she goes, so I'm going to invite her up. And I go, okay. And she goes, and if she goes on too long, you've got to get her off. <laughs> I was like, me? What do, I, what do you mean? What's she going to do? So I was terrified. And then, and then, so then she was upstairs with Tasha and she came down to my room with Fred. And, um, Yes, Sorry. and she's, the first thing she ever said to me was, Alan, I want to be your friend forever. No! Are you friends? Yes. Yes, we are. And then, um, and then, um, then Fred came in, and it was so difficult to talk to him, mm-hmm. and I realized that life Because the, the room is tiny. So, so yeah. small, and, my, and there's a sort of a, a little hooks with some towels on it. And like Liza's pushed into my <laughs> towel like this, and I went, oh my God, Liza, you're practically sniffing my towels here. So, um, uh, you know, it's such a tiny room. I'm so sorry because I was hugging Fred. Right. She got pushed out of the way. And she went, Alan, I would sniff your towels any day. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, and you're really close. Like, yeah, could you call to, her right now? I could, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to, obviously. No, but, I know, yeah, but, but I just. No, but I, t- I, t- I actually text her pictures of my dog and what I'm doing and oh. stuff quite a lot. Because she lives in LA now. And she's, she's, not, you know, she's not in great health. Right. But she, she, and she loves my dog, Lala. She, right. When, once when I was making a film in LA a few years ago and I took and I used to take Lala to visit her and she has these dogs and her dogs she was like, we, we, when I go to see her we usually sit on the bed and watch Turner Classic movies and just chat oh I love that yeah. and like so Lala was running around being chased by her dogs and at one point they were all like doing that kind of thing where they're about yeah. to go you know they're about to go and running yeah. and then and Liza went go Liza go I mean Lala <laughs> go Lala go yeah, it was so cute it was almost oh. like she wanted to be Lala being chased by the oh, boys oh I, so, I love her so charming you are such an advocate for uh, equality for um, LGBTQ RSTV XYZ rights you were uh, you, you endorsed Sanders in the 2016 election I did yes and what do you, I mean, look, it's, 
I don't know what the fuck is going on in this country. What? Who are you gonna? Who are you gonna endorse? I had a fucking tequila, and I can't even fucking say a <laughs> sentence. Who are you gonna endorse for? Well, um, it's so interesting because, I, you know, when it isn't was, it? Wait, can I just say how sad it is? Like it's sad. What is it? What's going on? That's what the fuck country, is going on? I mean, seriously, I, I, I think in this country right now that you know, members of Congress stormed. Yesterday, oh my god, a, 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 a secret, you know, a classified hearing, breaking the law. They're like nobody goes in. They should yeah. be fucking arrested. Yeah, like the subpoenas are being ignored. You know, it's lawlessness is right. happening at the highest level of things. Like Trump is, as as as, as his 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 message and his ethos is making people behave and all this. And I, like I think, you know, I'm exhausted. It is exhausting. And I feel like in this country now, everyone is just shouting at each other. Everyone's yeah, shouting. Yeah, and everyone's in a bad mood. Everyone's irritable. Like when I, when I started reading your book, I said I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna watch Rachel. I'm not gonna do any. I'm gonna when Rachel I go Ray. home. No, Rachel Maddow. Oh, Maddow. Okay, but she's not Jewish, but she should be. Um, but I was like, I'm gonna go home and read. You know. And I, I woke up better. I, I, it's like this psycho. Yeah. It's horrible. Who? So this culture of just, yeah. I mean, you, you feel you've. Well, every morning I get up and I look at my phone and think, what bad things yes. happened? Yeah. What did he do? What did a fucking asshole do now? But so just, I think the worst thing is that the worst thing to me is that you know we, we're all shouting at each other. Nobody's listening. Yeah. Nobody's ever going to change their mind when you shout at them. Right. And so we've got just try and be kinder. I know that sounds sort of. Oprah-ish, but Hashtag actually, it's, but actually, Have you met Oprah? Yes. But actually, you've got to... Are you friends with her? Do you have her phone I number in your... I, Do you have her phone number? I have her email. Wow! Is it a good email? I can't tell you. I know, but I just... All right. it is, really is it creative? Yes. All right, good. Um, I uh, love Gail. Love Gail. I lo- no, that's her email. I love Gail <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, I do really feel like, you know, that for me the 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 biggest villains in this situation are the Republicans who are Ugh. not doing anything, who are and turning And they're horrible. Yeah. And they're like just allowing this to happen and I hopefully they will be the ones for generations who will be right. uh, paying the price for this because they have allowed this to happen. You know, we've marched and we've done all these things and we fight and we just tweet and we do all this stuff right. but actually they have the power and they have chosen to turn their backs on decency to allow this bigot right. to, to, to triumph oh he's disgusting and, and, and I just think when is going to when is going to come the point where they're all going to go oh my gosh look he's such a terrible bigot oh my god they know already don't they do. you think of course they do so who do you want here's what I think I am okay. I I love Bernie, but age. Fuck due. shit. Okay. Can I do some work? Because I do love him. Yeah. I'm going to see. Isn't it fun? There's okay. nothing so nice about him. I just don't think a man that age who's had a heart attack should be the president. Right. I think ageism. I mean, ageism is a problem, but age is an issue. Right. For the president of the United States of uh-huh. America. Look at the one we've got now. He's Ugh. fucking old and lost it. I mean, He's aside from all his bigoted asshole. views, part yeah. of his problem is he is obviously a man, an old man, uh, displaying uh, uh, dementia or uh, you know, mental, oh my men- god, losing his mental faculties. Does he remind you of your father? 
Because he's some so ways he does. abusive in some and ways narcissistic. Yeah. Like the, not the losing the faculties, but just the sort of uh, the lack of empathy for right. anything. And None. The, the bullying. Yeah. And the absolute... Um, he, and also he's charismatic. Yeah. And my father was very charismatic. Yeah. So yes, there is a thing there. But I, I sort of think I, I'm, I'm, I want it to be... I would like it to be Elizabeth Warren for yes! President of the United States of America. Yes. Is she Jewish? No, but yeah, I yeah. just wanted her. Okay. And I think, I think someone like, I don't think it too, I love Kevin Harris, but I don't think she should be, I think my, I used, I, I've been big on uh, Pete Buttigieg, I've mm-hmm. supported him, okay. I've been big on a few of them, but I think seriously, the way to win, to win radically, is Elizabeth Warren and Cory Booker. Yeah! I love that. He's not a Jew. No, but he he's from Newark, and I was born in yes, Beth Israel you know what? Hospital I just did a Newark. TV series with uh, Rosario Dawson, and so she'd be FaceTiming in the, right. in, the in the mornings on makeup. Yeah. And I'd be like, Hi, Corey. How are you? And I remember seeing I had a very yeah, I do that too. I said, <laughs> I said like, God, it must be so like right. running, running for president of the United States. You must get so many air miles. <laughs> he's hot. But I have two last questions. Right. Thank you, Nambrie. Well, I ask all my guests this two questions. I'm very into mental health. And I, anything, like therapy, I, I'm very, you know. So are you on any antidepressants? No. Really? Have you ever? No. Shit. Uh, you know, I gained so much weight on Paxil. I can't even. Uh, never. I've never been And you went through a fucking mental yeah. breakdown and yeah. didn't go on... God bless you. Actually, nobody offered, I know. No, nobody offered me them either. Actually, I think maybe, what's that one called? There's some, and it was a, that novel. What's it called? Prozac. Yes. Prozac, yeah. Prozac was mentioned, and I just was like, no. Right. Uh, yes, I've never been on uh, antidepressants. Wow. My final question. Now, I, I, I am a cockeyed optimist, even though everyone thinks I'm the most negative human being Oh, I, could... I don't think that about you at all. Oh, really? I think you're an incredibly optimistic person. Oh, I love you so much. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't do what I do if I didn't think I, you know, yeah. pause. All right. Uh, but I am angry. I get so annoyed at people because I'm like, you're dumb. You're like, don't look at your phone on the way up the fucking stairs in the subway. Like, don't do it. Like, I'm going somewhere and you're like, eh. I can't. People and incompetence and just dumb. What makes you fucking angry? What makes you crazy? That's why we call it "Kill Me Now" because I f- I feel like I say "Kill Me Now" all the time. But so one of the things that makes me crazy is that um, is that American people call that long thing that's like a chair that's not quite a sofa. They call it a chaise lounge. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's a fucking chaise longue, people. It's a long chair. It's a chaise longue. It's chaise longue? And they've spelled that they've missed the O and the U round and called it lounge because they think of the lounge chairs. It's chaise longue is the thing. And that drives me nuts. (laughs) And also also the way that American people pronounce croissant. What? How do you say croissant? Croissant. Say it again. Croissant. 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 But like croissant. I know, right. No, I, want, I just want, so that's, I think bad, I think American people's bad pronunciation of French words drives me right. fucking nuts. 
So Shay's oh, oh, long. Oh, Notre Dame is on fire. <laughs> Fuck you, people. Yeah. It's not just... D- anyway, blah, blah. Chaise long. It's a chaise long, yeah. I'm going to say that next time I go to, like, room chair, and board or something. Not a, it's not a lounge chair. So if I went in and said, I'm looking for a chaise long... Depends where you were. You, if you're in New Jersey, they'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Or if you're in America, they'd say, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. But if it was my shop, I would say, I've got the very thing for you, madam. <laughs> Oh my God, I love you. You are an angel from heaven. How do you want to be remembered? How do you want people to remember you? You know, I'd love if, if Club Coming was my legacy because I feel like. Oh Club my Com- God, I fucking love this. I really place. do. Like, feel like Club Coming is my greatest artistic achievement. It's like something I wanted to have a feeling and a spirit, and like for people would come and they would be. You know, there would obviously be great shows. It's yeah. obviously a great hub of oh my God, artistic thing. Yeah. But also just the spirit of, of kindness that's here, that I think would be a lovely legacy. Just I'm, I was the, I'm, I'm the coming and club coming. <laughs> and you spell it the right way. Thank actually. you. Yeah. I have loved you for so long, and this is such a dream come true. I want to cry right now. Um, such a dream come true to be able to... Talk to you this evening. It's actually lovely to spend this time, much time with you, Oh my God, I love you. We always see each other at galas or whatever. (laughs) I love him. Um, Shall we sing happy birthday to Beth? I I don't, I was just thinking that. I think we kind of have to. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Beth. Fucking angel. Good night, everybody. Good night, and thanks. as we always say, so long! And uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long. 